Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning Tim. Come on in. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, we all got our clock set this morning, and uh, yeah, I, I totally forgot. My wife reminded me, and so anyway, we made it. We're here. Uh, Daniel chapter seven. Title of Four Kingdoms. I don't know. That's I just couldn't come up with anything more original than that. And actually, there's going to be a fifth kingdom mentioned at the end here. That's the one that we we are most uh, looking forward to. But first of all, let me see if I can. <clears throat> so everything's working this morning. Nope. Oh, there we go. Anybody name that skyline, that city? No. 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 Nope. Chicago. Chicago. Doug, you win. Yeah. Free coffee this morning for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Chicago. Yes, you're right, Doug. Look at that. This is a postcard. So this is this is what the postcard that you send home when you visit Chicago, so people think you're in a really nice place. <laughs> if you've uh, if you've listened to the news, you'll know that this is a facade, right? This yep. is yep. this is this is just for the uh, for the tourists and and for show. It's not really the way it is inside the city. Uh, Cindy and I lived in the city. What were we? Ten blocks from the waterfront when we were at Moody, and it's a different world. This is not the view that we had. Uh, right behind us was, I think at the time it was the largest. Uh, housing, Caprini Green, wasn't that one of the one of the largest uh, low-income housing? And it was a real slum. And uh, so that was on one side of us, and then they called this the Gold Coast, I think is the way they referred to it. But uh, so th- this is this is what it looks like from the eyes of the uh, promoters. And then when we hear the news, we hear what it's really like. Kind of similar to uh, Daniel's statue or Nebuchadnezzar's statue. Uh, <clears throat> Daniel says, You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. And today we're going to look at those same four kingdoms that, that are represented by the statue, but we're going to look at them from God's perspective. It's a little bit different. In fact, quite a bit different. Uh, in chapter 2, we learned that the head of gold was Babylon. That is identified by Daniel. You, O king, are that head of gold. And then Medo-Persia, well, that was this, that's going to be represented by the lion today in today's study, chapter 7. And then there's going to be a bear, which is represented as Medo-Persia, the, the, the silver. And that was actually identified to us already. Do you remember? Okay, Sam? Okay, okay. Do you remember where we, got, where, where we got, where we learned? Other than history. From history, we know it's Medo-Persian. From our study in Daniel. Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Yeah. Uh, Got to get close to the microphone again. Uh, Daniel told Belshazzar, the Medes and the Persians are at the door, and they'll... They're going to take over the kingdom. So, so that was identified in the scriptures to us already. 
Uh, the leopard, that one has not been identified yet, other than through history we know that the leopard, uh, or the, the next kingdom following the silver kingdom was the kingdom of bronze, and also the leopard kingdom of Greece. And that's going to be identified for us next week. The angel is going to tell Daniel that this kingdom is, is uh, Greece. <clears throat> also the bear will be identified again. Then this uh, terrifying and frightening beast is going to show up. And that represented, the, like, or the legs of iron represented that terrifying and frightening beast. We identified it as Rome and Gentile nations. And I'm going to go so far as to say that that beast is still alive today. Uh, he is present in the world. Who does, who does the Bible say is the god of this world? Satan. Satan. Yeah. How, how can that be? God is God, but who's the god of this world? What does that mean? means he has some dominion or some power in this yeah. world. Yeah. He's not of the creation of it, but he has power to influence things in this world. He is, he is the God who knowingly or unknowingly is being worshipped by the world who does not accept the God of the Bible, the God of creation, uh, Jesus Christ. And so the philosophies of this world are, and the ideologies, uh, the, the <coughs> politics the business, uh, everything is influenced by the God of this world. Uh, he's also referred to the prince of this air, the God of this age. Uh, so so that, that would be representation of the beast, I believe. And, and it was represented by Rome at first. What happened to Rome? It fell from within. It, it decayed, yeah. Yeah. Samuel, you said what, 250 B.C. was when, when Rome really started its rapid decline? Or A.D.? Pardon? Something like that, yeah. Right in the 200s. Yeah, and then it completely fell by, was it 470? Yeah, but let's see, there was an eastern... They did, so Rome was one empire. And from Rome, it basically ruled the whole time Mediterranean all the way down to Egypt in the southeast all the way up to the Scottish border in the northwest and everything in the middle. And starting around 200 AD, they started to pull back from the north and pull back into France, and they gave up the British Isles. And then at the same time, they started pulling back out of Egypt. And then at some point, I think around the 300s, uh, Rome schismed into two. You there you go. It's called the Eastern Orthodox out of Constantinople, and that was the Eastern portion. And mm-hmm. you know, then the church obviously started to split as well. And then you end up with the rivalry between the West and the East. And then Rome West fell properly in the 400s, but it continued in the East until 800 and something when the fall of uh, Fort Constantinople when the Turks invaded. And it wasn't until the 1400s that it pretty much was all dissolved into well, and then you end up smelled into the Holy Roman Empire, and the Holy Roman Empire was kind of an attempt to re-amalgamate what was Rome. Uh, this is the reason Hitler said he's the Third Reich, mm-hmm. which is translated as the Third Rome. And okay. so in the middle you had the Holy Roman Empire, which stretched from about 600 to 1400, and was made about the kingdoms out of South Germany and France. And then you end up with the papacy having the war of the popes, uh, what, 1300, where you have the white pope versus the dark pope, and you know, you can go on and on Okay, on. okay, yeah. Uh, the point is, is that it sort of dissolved. It's, it's still, it's still uh, the, the ideologies are still here in this world. It lost its political power, but it's, it's in having a capital city, but the actual 
empire continued on in another form. Mm -hmm. It was an amalgamation of iron and clay. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to do this a little different because Daniel chapter 7, it starts out with Daniel's vision and then it goes into the interpretation. So we get a repeat in the interpretation of Daniel's vision. Daniel's vision actually gives us a little more detail than the interpretation in some, some respects. And then the interpretation uh, gives us, again, more detail in it. So I'm, I'm going to kind of combine them together. We're going to read the entire uh, text. Daniel chapter 7. If you want to take turns reading, that would be great. If you don't, I'll read it. Uh, let me see here. Apologize, I should have had this ready. Okay, I'll start reading. I'll read Jan Daniel chapter 7, uh, 1 through 8. And then if you think about it, if you want to read, you can pick it up in, from verse 9 through probably 11. Okay, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had dreams and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. <clears throat> Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And the great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man. And a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second like a bear, was raised up on one side, and had three ribs in his mouth between its teeth. And they said to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, <clears throat> and there was another like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the root, and there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. Can somebody pick up nine through, let's go nine through eleven. As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fire and flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were open. I looked, I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. And as I looked, the beast was killed, and his body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. Okay. Someone else? Take, uh, let's see, you stopped at 12. Let's go through uh, 14, 12 through 14. As concerning the rest of the beast, 
they've had their domination taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient exemplify of days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him domination and glory, and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him, as domination is an everlasting domination which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Okay. Uh, 15 through 22. Okay. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious, and the visions of my head alarmed me. I approached one of those who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of the thing. These four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of Israel, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever, and ever. Then I desire to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying, with its teeth of iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. And about the ten horns were on its head, and the other horn that came up, and before which three of them fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things, and that seemed greater than its companion. As I looked, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them. Until the ancient days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Okay, thank you. And then 23 through 25. Das? Thus he said, as for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all their kingdoms. And it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces. As for the ten horns out of this kingdom, ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the former ones and shall put down three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change the times and the law and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Thank you. And then 26 through 28. A melody. But the judgment shall sit... <clears throat> And they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my Cogitations much troubled me, and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Okay, thank you. Uh, let, let's have a word of prayer before we start here with the rest of this. 
Thank you, Lord, for, uh, for giving us your word and for giving us uh, these words in particular today for us to study. And uh, pray, Lord, that you'd help us to get the message that you have in this for us. Uh, lead us into uh, understanding where we can't understand and uh, the, the things we don't understand. Help us to just treasure them in our hearts so that we can make sense of them when the time is needed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, last last week after after class or yeah after class I was talking with Bruce and and uh, he reminded me of something that I should have probably said last time is that there's a lot of this that we don't understand a lot of it we won't understand and it's kind of like you've heard the term need to know that's on a need to know basis uh, right now we don't need to know some of that but we we do need to to have knowledge of it. Maybe we don't understand it, but we need to have the knowledge so when the time does come and we see these things happening, then we have that aha moment when we go, oh yeah, now I know what what Daniel was talking about. And that's true of just about all the end time prophecies. Some of it's going to be clear, some of it's not. So, uh, two weeks ago, we we were into the reign of Darius the Mede. And now we're going to go backwards to the beginning of Belshazzar, Nabonidus Belshazzar. So we're stepping back about 15 years. So remember, uh, Daniel was asked to interpret the writing on the wall. So Daniel had, had had this vision already when he went into Belshazzar. So he understood some things from that, from this vision because this vision was given to him three years early. The book of Daniel is not in chronological order, if, I, if you remember. It's in, it's in two, second, two sections. So we're in the second section now, the prophecy section. And I'm going to compare and contrast this vision with the vision of the uh, statue, because I believe the two run parallel. It's just two different ways of looking at it. The statue is from man's view, just like the Chicago waterfront, beautiful and dazzling and brilliant. And then the, uh, the second Daniel's vision is from, man, from God's perspective, what it actually looks like. <clears throat> so in Daniel chapter 2, Daniel to the king, he said, You, O king, you, O king, are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. So this was the message that was given to King Nebuchadnezzar. And yet when we get to chapter 4, we find Nebuchadnezzar has totally forgot this part of the vision. Or the part of the interpretation. He, he probably didn't even hear this part. He probably heard, you, O king, are this head of gold. That's probably what he heard. And, uh, and then moved on. Now today, uh, Daniel says, the first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till his wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man. <clears throat> and a man's heart was given to it. Now, do you remember where these beasts came from? The four winds of heaven stirred up 
the, was it the ocean, the sea? sea. And they, they rose up out of the sea. Uh, in Revelation, we see a similar, right? The beast comes up out of the sea. What does this represent? What is the sea representing? I, I believe it represents all of mankind. It, it, is, it is the world. It's representative of all of mankind. And these are raised up out of man. I mean, sometimes we go, we go to cast our ballot and you wonder, how did that guy get on the ballot? You know? But the, the, God chose. That's how. God brought them out of the sea. And in the case of the lion, uh, this lion is distorted. All of these beasts are distorted. <clears throat> and, and notice in the word is always the first was like a lion. It wasn't a lion, it was like a lion. It was a distorted lion. Now this, this picture might be generous. Uh, it's a lion with wings. It might have other distortions. We don't know what Daniel saw. But uh, <clears throat> now what is this reminiscent of to you? We've studied it. Chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar becomes a beast. <laughs> okay. Al, we had a time change last night. <laughs> it's kind of, I, our brains aren't wound up yet. I know. I, I always say I've slept since then, so yeah. once I sleep, it's erased. The hard drive goes. But, but anyway, yeah, so... This is, this is the first thing I think of, is, is Nebuchadnezzar's experience of becoming... So I read, went back and I read that, and what does he become like? A cow. Or a yeah, cow. an ox. He doesn't become like a lion, he becomes an ox. And nowhere in that does it say that he was given... It says he was given the heart of a beast, but it never says he was given the heart of a man. But he did learn to walk upright again. But... I still think this is reminiscent. It's definitely Babylon, but I think there's more to it than that. Uh, if you look at Assyria's symbol, they had a lion with wings, although it had a man's head on it. And uh, they said, we have Assyria, the heart of a lion, the swiftness of an eagle, and the mind of a man. Uh, so that, that could be what we're seeing here is this, this, this lion representative of two kingdoms. Because Daniel is adding some information here. Who captured Israel in 721 B.C.? Assyria. Assyria, yeah. So, so God's people, these, were the, these ten tribes were God's people as well. You remember the divided kingdom? Uh, after Solomon, the kingdom divided. Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And uh, the people came to Jeroboam, which was Solomon's son, and said, huh? Was it the other way around? The other Boam. Jeroboam, Okay. So uh, the people came to, to Rehoboam and said, your father was really hard on us. He taxed us hard. He uh, used us for slave labor. Could you lighten up on us? And he said, I'll take that under advisement. Get back to you. So he goes to Solomon's advisors and says, this is what the people want. What should I do? And uh, Solomon's advisor says, your dad was pretty hard on the folks. Uh, if you give them a break, you'll have them eaten out of your hand. They'll be... They'll, be, they'll follow you forever. He says, thanks for the input. And then he goes to his old uh, college buddies, I guess, his fraternity pals, and says, uh, what do you think I should do? And they said, you tell them that 
your little finger is bigger than your dad's wrist, and he whipped you with a whip, you're going to whip him with scorpions. He says, that sounds good. So he goes back and he says that to the people, and ten tribes say, no, we're going to split off. And they follow Jeroboam as their own king, who was trying to usurp the kingdom anyway, so it was an easy thing for them. So they split. Ten kingdoms went one way. That became what was, what was known then as Israel. And now Rehoboam is the king over one kingdom, which is Judah. Where's the eleventh kingdom? Two kingdoms. Huh? Two kingdoms. Two? Judah and Benjamin stayed in Judah. Well, the, stayed, 10 went, two left. Two, two left, there you go. But there was also, that's right, the half tribe. But there was also the, the Levites. And they were, the Levites they, were the priest, they were the priestly tribe. Yes, but they weren't considered as part of the tribe. Right, right. But they were divided amongst. And, yes, they were split out amongst. But, so the temple stays in Jerusalem. So they had to build a new temple in Samaria which was never recognized by God as an official temple because the temple in Jerusalem was a temple. But anyway, that's, that's where the split was. Assyria took, took captives, moved them into what was then um, Mede, the Median, Median Empire, back where Abraham came from, actually. So it's a possibility that this is representative of two kingdoms, uh, the, the wings being ripped off, uh, going from Assyria to Babylon. And the Babylonians had their... Their symbol on the Ishtar gate, they had several of them, but their lion didn't have wings, but it was a lion. So it could be representative of both kingdoms. Uh, Then in chapter 2, he says, But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours. And today, suddenly another beast, a second, again, like a bear, not a bear, but like a bear, was raised up on one side, had three ribs in his mouth between his teeth, and they said thus to it, devour much flesh, arise and devour much flesh. And I guess like a bear, that wouldn't be a hard command to follow because that's what they do when they wake up in the spring, they start eating and they don't eat until they go to bed in the fall. And uh, sometimes they wake up in the winter and go for a midnight snack too. Uh, and they surprise people. Uh, there's been several dog mushers that have been mauled by bear in the wintertime because you're not really looking for them because supposedly they're hibernating, but they come out and they do devour much flesh. The three ribs. Uh, commentators are divided on, on what these three ribs represent. Some would say Egypt, Babylon, and Lydia. Uh, there's others have different perspective. We don't know for sure, but it does represent us. The kingdoms that Medo-Persia was about to devour. Al? Yes? I think the three ribs would also indicate complete devouring, completely yeah. eating whatever it is that the bear is eating. That's the last thing you eat, is yeah. the ribs, yeah. It's the ribs, and so it's complete destruction. Oh, good point. Never thought of it that way. But yeah. In fact, uh, in Alaska, that was a, that was a, one of the problems and that people got into when they harvest a moose because the moose is so big that they would sometimes leave the rib cage and then they'd get in trouble for wanton waste because you're supposed to harvest the entire animal. So yeah, the ribs would be the last thing that you'd, you'd take. Good point, Doug. Uh, and then uh, we, repre- we, we identified the, uh, the bronze as Greece 
And today we see that after this I looked and there was another, like a leopard, which had on his back four wings of a bird. doesn't say what kind of bird. <coughs> the beast also had four heads and dominion was given to it. So, representative of Greece. Uh, Greece was, where did Greece, when did it get its start? Who was the king or the ruler that we all know of? Alexander the Great, right? And and he was swift. He was he had he moved fast. Uh, that was his uh, his strength was to be able to move his forces really quickly and and attack uh, his prey and his other kingdoms. Uh, but then after he died and he died a young man, uh, what happened to Greece? Split into four. Split into four, and so it became divided and uh, lost its. Continuity lost its its strength, and uh, and just sort of it decayed. It, it didn't. Rome did defeat it, but it it wasn't a real tough uh, tough defeat, to my knowledge. Uh, in fact, when uh, one of the okay, there we go. Uh, legs of iron and feet partly of clay, partly of iron and partly of clay. And today that is represented by the uh, fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth, was devouring and breaking in pieces and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the other beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Didn't the beast in Revelation also have ten horns? Yeah. Now we know where the movies got their ideas for monsters. <laughs> yeah, probably. So then in, uh, in chapter 2, uh, whereas you saw the feet of clay and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be, a, be divided, yet its strength of the iron shall be in it. Just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay, and as the toes and the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw, iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. So Daniel, and then he says, I was watching the horns, and there was another little horn coming up among them before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots, and there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man with the mouth speaking pompous words. So I think this parallels the feet. Uh, and in the, in the uh, chapter 2, I probably wouldn't have made a whole lot out of the ten toes if it weren't for the fact that this beast has ten horns. So there probably is a correlation there. Now the toes don't have a... Uh, another toe come come out of them in the in the uh, in chapter two, but here uh, one one horn displaces three of the other horns and becomes prominent. Could, could that little horn be the antichrist? Could could it be because it says that I mean there will be big horns around it, but it'd be a little horn talking pompous words. That sure seems like it, yes. Yes, because the Antichrist will come from 
What? From the Gentiles. Yeah, they, yeah, they from the they, Gentiles. And he'll come up <coughs> from the ranks, I guess, is how mm-hmm. you put it. Yeah. So he'll start small, but rise rapidly, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just guessing. I, it's just a. I think horns represent powers, right? Right. Yeah, and Daniel's told that these horns represent kingdoms or kings. Uh, and I think Revelation also says the same thing, that they're representative of kings. But, but uh, yeah, so, so this is probably a, a foreshadowing of the Antichrist. Uh, go ahead. Second Thessalonians two. Would you read that for us? <clears throat> Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come, unless the rebellion comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called god or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Definitely sounds like the same, the same individual, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And uh, there, remember last week we talked about that, the signs that, to watch for, uh, the, the great apostasy that's, that's going to happen simultaneously or probably even because of this, because of his... His actions and his power, and and those who are are uh, what should we call them fair weather Christians, uh, pew warmers or whatever, uh, are probably going to be that apostates. They're they're going to leave when they see this. They're, this isn't real. Um, bad theology is going to cause a lot of people to leave the church. So, theology is important. <clears throat> it also represents kingdoms. Though. I'm sorry. Yeah, in fact, that's what the uh, the uh, the angel is going to tell Daniel. They represent kingdoms. Yeah, I mean, it's but kingdoms have kings, so kingdoms have kings, and you know, yeah. it's pretty easy to see how one would displace three. Yeah, and where it follows up, a little horn would be someone which is junior, someone that came around after the initial three, mm-hmm. and then displaces them. Yeah, going to displace three of them, correct? Kind of how the U.S. displaced most of Western Europe. After World War II, it was an economic powerhouse. Yeah, uh, we can only speculate who those ten kings or kingdoms are going to be, but it'll, it'll become clear to us in the end. So, so of all of these visions that Daniel had, listen to this. Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron, its nails of bronze, which devoured, broke in pieces, and trampled the residue with its feet and the ten horns which were on his head, and the other horn which came up before me, uh, before which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. 
I was watching at the same horn and making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. That's the Antichrist. Yeah. But notice Daniel, of, of this whole vision that he had, this is the one that he's puzzled about. This is the one he says, I want to know more about this. He's had the vision of the Son of Man. To me, that would be, whoa, that, I want to know more about that. I think Daniel probably understood that part of the vision. That part he understood, because they had a concept of Messiah coming. That was, that was throughout Jewish history, that was the concept of Messiah, as prophesied in the Garden of Eden, uh, your seed of Eden. And uh, so I believe Daniel understood that. This was the part that he didn't understand. Uh, notice this. Uh, this this fourth beast, its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze. Where have we seen those two metals before? Yeah, in Greece, right? So could the nails of bronze represent Greece? Uh, Samuel, you know quite a bit about history. How about how much of Greece influence was there on the Romans? Quite a bit. Quite a bit, yeah. Their art, their their uh, yeah. In fact, one of the Greek philosophers, and I'm going to paraphrase this real loosely, he said Rome didn't conquer Greece. They just brought in new leadership because Greece was still alive in the culture. It was an assimilation. It was an assimilation. An assimilation, yeah. In the Greek culture, greatly influenced the Roman. Uh, their architecture, their arts, their the philosophers. <laughs> yeah, and not to mention the language. What was the official language of the Roman Empire? Greece. Greek. Um, this is just a thought, but we were talking about the signs of the end time. Mm-hmm. I think there are signs of the end time all the time of, of different ones. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're going to know when it converges. Yeah. We're, we're going to know when, it, when all the signs... That's a good way of looking at it, the convergence of the signs, because now they're kind of running parallel, yeah. and, and as they converge and come together, uh, yeah. You could also look at iron and brass as being technological, as a beast which has, unlike the other beasts, which were uh, pre technology, this beast. Uh, obviously has the ability to uh, assimilate things which are a higher level technology because if it's having brass or or iron I mean it's obviously I don't know just I'm sorry? it's just a thought that you could also look at it instead of being specifically the teeth are made of iron and being literal you could also look at it in the sense that it's a technological beast it is a beast it's an advanced piece. It's, it's not just okay. a, it's not just a natural. A natural, yeah. Bronze is bronze is not a natural element. Yeah. 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 Because to make bronze, you, you, you need the base elements. You need four or five. One of them, including tin. You can't just make. You can't just dig it up out the dirt and make it. Same with iron. You can't just dig it up. It takes. It's a complex, a complex item. Right. Uh, then another parallel that we see here is uh, 
In, in uh, chapter 2, he says that this kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. In here, this, Daniel saw this beast broke in pieces and trampled the residue with its feet. So this beast is, is much different than the other beasts. Uh, all, the, the three beasts that came before it, they kill for food. That's their, that's their nat- natural characteristic, is they kill for food. And uh, Samuel said that lions hunt every three days. They don't go just randomly killing. Uh, they hunt for food. Uh, a bear is always eating. They'll eat anything you put in front of them. They'll eat berries and worms and grubs and garbage, and they'll kill moose calves when they can. They'll kill a full-grown moose when they can, uh, and they're always eating. And a leopard, I don't know much about them, but they are animals of prey. Uh, this last beast, if I would have put the head on this beast, I'd have probably given him the head of a wolf. Uh, Anybody read the book, Alaska's Wolfman? It's a great book. You ought to read it if you can. Frank Glasser was his name. Uh, and he probably killed more wolves in his life than any ten humans have. He also, he also captured wolves and used them for sled dogs. Bred them with his, uh, with his dog, used them for sled dogs. But uh, he tells of an instance where uh, he, was, he was out in the Tanana, not the Tanana, the Toke area. Had a roadhouse out there. And a herd of caribou came through with a herd of wolves. And wolves went in there just killing, killed bunches of them. Uh, They would run up beside them, and their teeth were so sharp, they would uh, rip the underbelly of the caribou open. The caribou would trip on its own innards and fall, and the wolf would just go after another one. And when they got all done, they trotted off and left. And uh, so they, they just kill randomly and for the sake of killing. And I think that's, <clears throat> that's going to be a characteristic of this beast, just to devour and trample and destroy. No, no thought, no, uh, no method, just madness. Uh, <clears throat> now, legs of iron and feet partly of clay. Uh, and here we go. Now, uh, I was wrong uh, Samuel, he says, the ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom. So there's going to be a, a kingdom and there's going to be ten kings going to rise from it, which means, a, a, what would you call it, a separation of powers. And, uh, and just like the feet of iron and clay don't mix, these ten are not going to mix. They're going to have problems. and You know they're going to have problems. The world has had problems since the very beginning. Uh, you put three people in a room and you'll get four different ideas because it's just the way we are. Uh, ten kings are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first ones. He shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and seasons then the saint shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and a half time. I'm sorry? That's the Antichrist, yes. Yes, I do believe so. Uh, he shall intend to change the times and the law. What are we talking about, do you think, here? What times, what law? The law of God. The law of God, yes. Exactly what happened with Israel when they installed their king, who was a known, uh, he was basically a cultic before they even installed him. They went out and sought someone who was walking against God because Solomon ran off. 
Jeroboam, or whatever his name was, Solomon ran him off to Egypt because he was known to be practicing in the court. Okay. And Israel deliberately turned around and thumbed the nose of God and said, we are going to call back he who practices in the court instead of searching for someone who's actually uh, godly. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, the law of God. He's going to try to change the law of God, and he is definitely trying to do that. He's that's just we understand that. How about the times? We're not talking about daylight savings time now. <laughs> the times are periods of in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, the age of bronze, age of and stuff like that, and so the times he's going to change is how the world is operating at that time. Okay. He's going to change it. Could it mean uh, the meaning of history? Kind of like what is true and what isn't? I don't the think changing so. Of the okay. Uh, when, when, when did Jesus say the end would come? No. He gave us a time and day, right? No. Uh, no. No. <laughs> I think the times, he's trying to change God's times. He's trying to force his hand. He's trying to force God's hand. It's the appointed times. It's the appointed times. In the Old Testament, there were six times a year where you're supposed to go to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. You've got feast of Buddhists, feast of tabernacles, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. These were specific times when God set apart to meet with the congregation. And the, the Antichrist is going through, not only is he changing the place of worship, but he's also removing, like Jeroboam did, when he said, well, we're no longer going to have those feasts where you go down, because lest you go to God and figure out that my God is not the true God, I'm going to create an imposter and set up an imposter religion in place of true whatever. And so I'm going to suggest that what they're saying is, is there's an imposter Christianity which is going to rise up, which is not that which was instituted 2,000 years ago. Yeah. I, it, it's not that Satan knows the time and the hour that Christ will return. It's not that he, he but he knows the prophecies better than we do. And Christ still has and, three of them to fulfill. And, he only fulfilled three of, the prophecy, uh, three of the feasts the first time around. And one way I look at this is, uh, do you remember what uh, Herod did when he heard a baby was born in Bethlehem? Yeah. Tried to go and kill them all. He wanted to change the times. This isn't—he he doesn't like it. Any time God had a prophecy, uh, God prophesied that Nebuchadnezzar, his son, and his grandson would be kings. Satan tried to get in the middle there, put in a uh, a, a fake king to preempt God's prophecy. I think what we're changing the times is he's always trying to get in the way and change the prophecies of God so they don't come true. If they don't come true, then he, he thinks he's winning. Go ahead, Pastor. Uh, Matthew 24 says, For then, verse 21, there will be a great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No one never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, yeah. no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, even if possible, the very elect. Yeah. Yeah, so I believe at any time and any hour, Satan has an antichrist waiting. 
to take the, take the spot. He doesn't know when it's going to happen, but he's always got somebody ready. So he's not going to be uh, without, without his person. There's plenty that will follow him. So he'll have someone whenever the time is. Not that he knows the time, it's just that he's ready. And whenever God has a prophecy, he's there to try to change it, try to get in the way and do something to make him stumble. Ah, uh, the time, times and a half time. That's where I've read on that, and it is they are guessing yeah. at how many days, how many hours, how many years. It means different things to different people. The most common would be three and a half years. Yes. I don't. I don't know. What do you hold to, Pastor? I, I believe it is, but I don't. I don't see in Scripture that that is something that we are going to avoid as a church. Um, I believe that there will be a time of persecution and tribulation for the entire church. Mm-hmm. Time of uh, Jacob's trouble. That's, uh, we're, we're seeing that sign now. Yeah. We're seeing that sign vividly and I think the attack of, uh, on the church, Christianity. I think another thing we, we uh, mix up, get confused, is the day of the Lord and this time of... Uh, persecution Uh, God did not take Noah out of the world he delivered them through the flood not out of the flood he provided them an ark and uh, he's provided us an ark which is Jesus Christ he will protect us through the persecution he didn't pull Daniel and or uh, not Daniel okay Daniel he didn't pull him out of the lion's den he left him in the lion's den protected him there uh, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, a.k.a. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, he didn't pull them out of the furnace. He protected them in the furnace. So I believe, I think that's what you're trying to say, right, Pastor? That there's going to be a time of persecution. Uh, I wish I, I pray for pre-tribulation and I prepare for later. Because uh, I don't know. We, we talked about this and I had a, uh, a, when I first became a Christian, I asked a you know, Baptist preacher about that, and he says, "Well, I'm pan-trib." And your pastor tells him, that means I'm. It'll all pan out in the end. <clears throat> and uh, and he said, uh, he says, if I get raptured up with a bunch of my pre-trib buddies and they say I told you so, all I'll just say is praise the Lord. You were right. <laughs> but but if it's all coming down around your ears. And you're wondering what's wrong with my theology? Uh, they can come to me and ask me, and I'll, yeah. yeah. But uh, so, I, I think uh, better to be prepared. So the three and a half years, uh, and we're going to get into that more in the next, in the following chapters, and uh, the pastor will explain it in great detail when we get to Revelation. So mm-hmm. hold Thanks. that. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting you on the spot again, aren't I? I love it. Okay, uh, you watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on the feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron and clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floor. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Uh, and this is where Daniel says, Behold, one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. 
Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which will never be destroyed. So here's the Son of Man. And like I said, it's interesting that Daniel doesn't ask the angel to explain that one. And the only answer I can come up with is Daniel understood it. It's like the, uh, uh, there's a, a Christian college, and there's a boys' basketball team, and, and they, they'd practice in the evening, and one janitor would always stay and, and, uh, and wait till they were done so he could sweep up the auditorium. And, and he'd sit there reading his Bible while they were playing. And uh, one of the young, young fellows went up and asked him, he says, what are you reading there? And he says, uh, the book of Revelation. And he says, really? He says, do you understand that? And he says, oh, yeah, I understand it. And he says, well, what does it mean? He says, and it means we win. <laughs> so, uh, in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom... I'm not going to read that whole thing. Uh, I'm just going to read you from the one here because we're, again, running short on time. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. So the angel does interpret that, but he doesn't point out the son of man part of it which I think Daniel already understood and this is the end of the account as for me Daniel my thoughts greatly troubled me and my countenance changed but I kept the matter in my heart and that's what we need to do keep the matter in our heart Uh, we don't understand everything we know uh, but but know that we we will in, in that day understand it Okay, just I'm just going to run through this uh, last, uh, just to compare. Uh, the four-part statue is four beasts. The statue represents kingdoms. The beasts represent kingdoms, the deter- deterioration. Uh, and in the end, an uh, eternal kingdom is established, and an eternal kingdom is established. So they, they both have the same, the same, uh, they're parallel just from two different perspectives. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, for giving us this day and this time together and, uh, and uh, help us be prepared and help us to uh, be able to give an answer to those who ask us about the faith that we have and to help prepare them as well. Dismiss us now in uh, Jesus' name. Amen.
and a unicorn. <laughs> I remember seeing the line. I don't remember the unicorn. Yeah. Also interesting. Maybe it shows the In the next chapter, the ram has one horn to start with. Unicorn. Yeah. That's a horse. One horn. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, how they organize.